recording. Go for it. We are recording. We're live. So I guess we should get going. Cool. Hello. Hello. This is the Morning Drive podcast. Now, I don't really do intros, really. I normally find interesting snippets and have that as my intro. Okay, cool. So today I'm joined by Churro from Petrol Hedonism. If anybody has seen Instagram in the last year, you've seen Churro. You are the busiest man I've ever met. And I've met some very busy people. Um, but it's all for good reasons. It's not like you're just a busy guy bouncing around. You're doing some fun stuff. So I thought we could have a nice chat about cars and mental health and car meets and projects and just generally be friends, really. So uh, basically just, do what we do every time we meet up, just have a chat. That's it. That's all <laughs> it is. Easy. So a lot of people, when I approach them with the, the podcast idea, I go, look, would you like to be on my podcast? And people are like, I don't know if I'm comfortable opening up about my mental health. And I go, it's not about that. It's about promoting conversation and chatting because the byproduct of that is you have friends and it makes people feel more comfortable to talk to one another and then mental health tags into that because by default, talking helps regardless of whether it's directly about a problem or whether just it's about things. It helps to get chatting and then those things can work their way in appropriately. So I don't want you to feel like we have to go, right, Chiro, here is a therapy session Let's record it and make all your deep, darkest fears. We've done that before, fears. haven't we? <laughs> we've, we've done all that. We don't need to do that. It's literally an opportunity for us to talk about where petrol hedonism started, what you guys are doing, some interesting stories if you've got them, and what you're hoping to do with petrol hedonism in the future. And then we can throw in bits of us chatting about random crap. If it's anything like any of the other podcasts I've done, we'll go off on a tangent. It'll be a lot more fun. Um, but so guys, get yourself a decent coffee. Get a uh, cup of make coffee. Make sure it's a nice long one because you're going to need an hour and a half as we're <laughs> starting back. At the beginning of petrol hedonism, I'm going to take it back to when I was eight years old. Amazing. That's where Tacona <laughs> started for me, eight years old. So it seems appropriate. Fire well, away. It was um, grass track mini racing with my uncle Angelo and my granddad, uh, Umberto Zana, would take me, my brother, and other family members would go along to watch AZ Mini Motors racing. And uh, AZ Mini Motors was a mini uh, restoration, resurfacing, fixing garage, um, and that's where petrol hedonism was born for me. Years before I ever came up with the word petrol hedonism, um, to roll forward to passion of cars, matchbox cars, diecast cars, cars in general, seeing cars out on the road. And uh, on that note, I never saw a real Lamborghini on the road till I was like eighteen, nineteen, and living in London at university. But Oh yeah, that old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, like, I love it when kids jump in the Lambo and have a photo, and I'm like, I really wanted that to happen. But you're like, sharing that thing yeah. that would have made your entire child. Absolutely, and there's so many times that somebody's offered me a ride in an F40 or an F50, and I've passed it on to a friend that I know wants that ride more than me. Yeah, uh, because I know that ride's going to come to me any time uh, if I ask for it. But I'm not that guy that asks. I'd rather give to others. Um, the Petrol hedonism started when we opened the Sharnbrook Hotel. I'd been going to car shows and smaller events with my 1965 Fiat 500. Yeah. And then we opened a hotel as a family business. And the first summer, I was picking up with weddings and bookings, but uh, we had a few Sundays where we'd only do Sunday lunch and it'd be busy, but we've got a lot of outside area. So we hosted our first Italian car and bike day. Nice. And looking back, it was pitiful in terms of the numbers. <laughs> we had three, four supercars, Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Um, I think uh, there's a silver Yalpa there. Um, there was a 456 Ferrari. Well, you know, 
there were Ferraris and Lamborghinis, but not like the creme de la creme that you get nowadays. But either way... The thing with these things is you have to start small and build credibility, oh, especially with supercar owners. But completely like throwing all of that out, the vibe, the atmosphere, the Alphas, the Fiats, the Lancias, um, the Arbaths, the Maseratis, they turned out. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really that supercar kind of outing. So it was really, really good. We had about 250 people. We had a pig roast couple of local guys helped us out uh, with the pig roast and the restaurant was really busy with Sunday roast and we saw that it brought people in as a business yeah well, let, let's be honest it was about diversifying the business so we had another crowd of people coming in for a different reason and the Italian car and bike day grew year on year then we introduced the classic car show because people coming along to the Italian day with their Aston Martin or Porsche were so upset that I put them in the field behind the hotel because <laughs> they weren't Italian and so I was accused of discriminating and uh, on that, we then introduced Supercar Sunday. And in 2010, Supercar Sunday came after our third or fourth Italian Car and Bike Day and immediately was as big as the Italian Car and Bike Day. Amazing. So then we're going into 2011 with three events and then I think 2012 we added the breakfast meeting and we kept moving forward and each year we attracted car clubs and just did more and more in the car scene. It was um, 2017 when we literally blew up on social media uh, with Supercar Sunday, and there were a lot of people had had their hand in that. Uh, Yanni at Yanamai's, Lenny uh, from Urban, um, so many people that were active on social media, including Lord Aleem, had been to the Sharnbrook. Yeah, and we didn't have a ticketing system or a pre-booking system or timing system or anything. It was just like open house, come turn on. up and buy our food and coffee. Boom! And, and there's so many people doing that at the moment. Yeah. and I know you're doing it. We and do. There's going to be a point where you're going to run out of parking spaces. Uh, and it will happen because as soon as you get popular and everybody loves these mini meets, it's great. But um, that was a pinnacle moment, September 2017, when we locked down the whole area. And that's when we had to uh, reevaluate whether the Schaumbrook was still a viable option to do in these events or whether it was make more events and make them smaller. Uh, but introduce ticketing, introduce timing and uh, mitigate the traffic on the roads because uh, we literally locked down the whole area for about two two hours and we had a series of five yellow Lamborghinis coming in from a convoy from London from my guys, Team Scotland, Baz, and in the crew. And uh, they locked down the whole area. They had to create a uh, another lane on the A6 to <laughs> bypass everybody and come in, going the wrong way down the A6 to get in. But that's how it was wild. The aerial shots were amazing. And um, I look back at that as a pinnacle moment. But also... From that and subsequent events, we created the word petrol hedonism to kind of encapsulate an umbrella brand for all the different events and all the different genre and all the different people that it represented at the yeah. Chambre Hotel. Um, and then lockdown hit, which devastated the hotel industry, hospitality, and devastated me. Um, and I had to come out of that with a new energy and thinking of how we could diversify. So we put the the driving movie screen up immediately uh, Rory Reed with his auto trader channel uh, filmed with our big screen with his F8 tributo and we that was amazing we were on CNN because we were diversifying <laughs> and we were reopening on the 4th of July which was Freedom Day in America Independence Day yeah and we had a load of muscle cars there as well as supercars and it just looked amazing so in terms of advertising what we're doing the driving movie screen was amazing we started doing social distance car meets for small clubs yeah. and again started that rolling uh, ball of smaller car meets for smaller clubs so then those car clubs could grow and then we 
lockdown two happened, lockdown three happened, and again we still went again, even more energy. And um, twenty twenty one was an absolutely phenomenal year for petrol hedonism. You said you see me everywhere, and I set out twenty twenty one with the one word that could really encapsulate our target, which was omnipresenza, and that's literally being everywhere, seeing everywhere. Yeah, it, it's kind of. Uh, a religious kind of level of well, it's normally associated with the god is everywhere thing isn't it that's right it yeah. is and uh, i just wanted cars to... are everywhere so we're all right. yeah so we wanted to be everywhere and i think the way things played out in 2021 um just the amazing positive support which will come back to our mental health conversation that i've been able to surround myself with people that have a similar mentality have that similar positive um vibe about them and we're all heading in the same direction together that made 2021 such a huge success for not just one two but four new businesses that i set up in lockdown two amazing um which are all car industry related or car show related and working with so many different groups across the genres and then um when we came out of petrol headism live which you attended and you're great big part of that we had that moment on the stage where literally totally ad lib I opened up and to have 10 people walk up to me after that chat to say thank you yeah and what it meant to them and the emotion they felt and everything else and it helped them to help 10 people in that moment was amazing but coming out of Petron Live I literally fulfilled pretty much all my dreams of what I wanted Petronism to be yeah, yeah so to go from lockdown to opening up the new business to completing my dreams in a year getting the Lamborghini, a Viola Ophelia Lamborghini of all Lamborghinis, <laughs> to having the dream event and have Richard Rawlins that had always been a dream to get him at an event. And I'm lucky to have that connection with Big Chris um, and the friendship there with Big Chris that we were always going to bring Richard to the UK and it was only ever going to be with me. It was pretty amazing. It was amazing. And of course, the highlight of that whole event was Richard Rawlings stood in front of my Renault 5. So it was worth doing. For me, for when I moment. saw that photo on Instagram, I literally, <laughs> it broke my internet. <laughs> it, literally, that, that photo was the biggest photo I've ever had in any sort of social media. And that was Richard Rawlings stood in front of the Renault and it just really went everywhere because nobody expected to see that guy with that car. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, what the hell is going on here? I think Nebworth House need to have that as their promo picture for 2022. Yeah, they've, they've not messaged me. <laughs> they've really missed an opportunity to, to promote Nebworth House. Richard Rawlins was here with this iconic Renault because the Tacoma Renault is now internationally acclaimed. It's, everybody knows that car. What are the plans for the Renault 5? Are they like... Get it working. walk kit oh, or... It's a 5 buddy with a 1.1. <laughs> so at the minute, it's make it work and then just drive it. Wicked, wicked. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. We brought it on the stage and we had that chat and we kind of brought Tacona to the forefront. But going back to finally 2021, hit all my dreams, hit all my targets. And I was like, wow, where do we go from this? And it took a little month or two to kind of think about it. Yeah. And literally... 2022's Petronism Live is starting where 2021 finished. So Richard's back. We've got everything set as it is, but we're building on that and making it bigger, making it better, and more people, more food, more music, more everything, and it's more a full cars. Festival then, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, in terms of where we where we head with 2022 in between, all the events are stacking up. We've got some new events on our calendar. Petrolhedonism.club has come to become like a events consultant for people that wouldn't know how to put on events, and that's how it works with Tucked Automotive. We're putting on Adam Seafest. Um, there's a few others that we're releasing them slowly yeah. across various venues. We've got some new venues coming into it this year as well. 
Um, well, it's one that we'll talk uh, together in the future as Tacona itself grows. That's one of my my objectives it, is events and drives and things like that. And at the minute, we're, we're small and we're, we're starting grassroots. But as we start to grow and develop those grassroots into to bigger sprouts, that's when we can start to work across with yourself. Yeah, to, I'm happy to, to help you on. with that and some ideas we've already spoken about with regards to sponsorship, but there's other ideas into growing it. And um, uh, I've got an idea that we'll speak about off, off, off yeah, off we don't audio, need to publicize everything right yeah. now. <laughs> but um, so 2021, in the end, I just thought, well, everything I'd done uh, 16 years built to 2021, and I smashed it, and um, I'll say that proudly. Knocked it out. But apart. now for me, 2021 was a foundation year, and on top of that, we're going to build and um, build bigger and yeah. better. It's a, it's a conversation I've had with a few other friends within the automotive world. Is 2021 seemed to be a good year for laying the the seeds of a, of the future yeah so for likes of me it was the first year that i could go to shows properly and that started to lay those foundations of oh, how shows work how we engage with people at shows and how we can move forward with shows in the in the future and it was the year that uh, a few friends started making progress in things like youtube and videos and really finding their feet to help grow these ideas over the next few years and 2021 seems to be the, the central point for most of these conversations, like for yourself and for other people in the industry, where it's gone, we've had to get over the crap of 2020, and it's forced a lot of people to reevaluate and pivot and start to be a bit more creative to find new ways to grow. And it's then gone into 2021 with people going, oh, we'll try this, we'll try that, we'll, we'll see what this does and how this works. And then people have found new leases of life in different ways mm. to go, We've had to go through this adversity to find something more fun and creative. And now we're ready to hit the, hit the ground running for the next few years. And from yourself, you're obviously ready to smash out 2022 in a, in a new way. Yeah, we've started off the year with an amazing VinWiki story that I recorded when we flew over to America, which was a huge opportunity uh, sponsored by Ed Bolin at VinWiki, but given to me literally as a friend, Sam Hard at Hard Up Garage. But um, there's so much planning and so so much stuff that can happen this year. And I'm not planning in that everything's fixed in a diary, but I know in a couple of weeks' time, we're taking the Lamborghini down to Auto Finesse, we're doing a one-week detail, and the social media that they're going to garner from that is invaluable yeah. for them, but it also it's a collaboration which works well for me. And uh, sponsorships and partnerships are flourishing everywhere at the moment, yeah. um, which just helps you grow as a person because you learn from these people constantly. I had a conversation last night at half eight with James at Auto Finesse and so many things he said, just little things he's picked up from going to shows for the last 20 years that kind of stay with you. And you wouldn't do the same as someone else, but you'll do a version of that which Gone brings out your personality, yeah. but it's an inspiration. I love inspiration from other sources. Um, and I love the the organising community. Like There's not many of us that organise shows and events, and we do it at so many different levels, from Salon Privé down to uh, Cars and Coffee in, yeah. in a car park. It's it's uh, things that I will still do, a Cars and Coffee meet in a car park. I went to um, Saturday's One at Cambridge Car Audio. Um, yeah. It, great for their business. But I think there's so such a small community of organisers, and the fact that we all share and communicate and talk about uh, ideas is really really good and collaborations is where my 2021 really hit off but there wasn't 
it wasn't easy, 2021. 2021 were coming out of lockdown. I think April the 12th, they said we could start having something outside. Well, I'd already started selling tickets for April the 19th (laughs) at the hotel with a uh, meet and eat with Tucked. Yeah. And we had 500 people limit and we had 500 people there. And it was a great event. The police were there. Nothing wrong with it. Um, I've pushed boundaries. I've found loopholes. Uh, We had a legal but illegal but legal supercar Sunday filming for a TV uh, show wasn't it yeah spot in London supercars everything was above board but literally the police and the council had no idea how it was above board until we submitted all the paperwork and showed them the paperwork (laughs) and then they spent about 10 weeks trying to find a way to find us and couldn't make it stick because we had everything ticked off so um, you have to be inventive you have to be up sometimes at two, three in the morning uh, with tears in your eyes from frustration and you just have to push through it. And When people talk about the grind, it's often misconceived as you've got to make more phone calls and try and do more deals, but it's the reality of the grind and working hard is those nights. It's not, oh, I did a million pound deal in stock markets and I'm grinding and it's spending that time dedicated to what you believe in. Yeah, and for me, with it. right now, if I could literally have a week with no phone calls, no yeah. WhatsApp messages, so I can catch up with all the opportunities I've created and all the events I need to set up. And a lot of it I do do myself. Yeah. I'm not at a position where I can afford a team of five or six at the moment. Um, but so many new opportunities have arisen this year. And I'm hoping that we get to halfway through the year, I can take on a PA that can help me with some of that. Um Scoot is great at the content creation and we're taking on board a couple more social media uh, people to help some of the businesses that sponsor us because they're looking for social media help and it's another arm of the business that could evolve this year and I'm really excited about it but again it's not happening by design it's happening through passion yeah and you know it's uh, the Italian in you coming through and really sparking all these fires yeah and it's just conversations I can sit on the phone all day every day but I just need that time sometimes to sit down and catch up with what we've talked about what we're going to do and uh, yeah we've dropped some events for January, February and March and some people said so what there's no show car season anymore it's all just 20, 12 months a year I was like why not Yeah, bringing people together is first and foremost we've got the VAG Society this Saturday two sit-ins at lunchtime and it says quite clearly in the blurb whether you come in your show car, whether you come in a daily, it's about you as a person coming together with your friends from the car community yeah. and especially your car club. And um, that's what we get with coffees and cars. We have people turn up that not through the summer, if they turn up, they turn up in something that they've their pride and joy. And then through the winter, because our our mission with it is exactly the same, it's community. It's to bring people together, it's not to come and show off cars, but it's people that like cars, so they'll bring interesting stuff to then share with each other. But we found that when we started in August last year, we had guys come up and go, are you doing this through the winter? And we're like, oh, we're not really sure. And they went, no, please, because we want to come and see our friends. Yeah. We'll bring the daily drivers. We'll bring. We'll walk down if we're local. Yeah. It's not necessarily that we're here to come and have a show. We're here to come and be part of a community and see all of our friends, because all of our friends are car people. And even, well, we had ours on Sunday, and we had an Aventador turn up. And then we had a Baja bug turn. Oh, it wasn't just an Aventador, though. It was an SVJ. It was an SVJ. And I said to <laughs> the, the guy... The pinnacle of Lamborghini engineering yeah. of the moment. I said to the guy, I was like, oh, we almost had two Aventadors. And he was like, all oh, right, I went, yeah, Chiro, if he was about, might have been able to pop down, but you were filming for a charity, which is yeah. more commendable than coming and sitting in a car park and drinking coffee. Um, and then I went, yeah, he's got an Aventador. And he went, 
but is it an SVJ? I was like, no, no, no it's the Huber one. It's a different special yeah. thing. He's like, oh, right, yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually. <laughs> I went, oh, Rod Stewart lives around the corner. He's got an SVJ as well. Oh, has he? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, literally. Because um, his Mura, Maggie May, is with my friend uh, that had it restored. Oh, well, he literally lives about a mile away from me. Oh, right. And right. he picks up Peggy from the train station in his event door. Oh, <laughs> and I didn't know this, so I was on my way home in the Renault, and I saw this SVJ, and I was like, holy crap, an SVJ. Pulled into the car park, parked next to him, took some photos from the back of the two cars next to each other, walked around to take a photo of the front, and Rod Stewart sat there. Oh, uh, in the car. In the car. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Jesus, hey, <laughs> thumbs up, looked over at the like, oh, that's cool. And he was like, I've got to go, I've got to go. And, but yeah. He, uh, that's it. That The name of this podcast is Rod Stewart said my Renault 5 is cool. Yeah, that's it. So we've had Rod Stewart <laughs> nearby. We've had Richard Rowling. That's what I mean. The Renault internationally acclaimed superstar. <laughs> um, but yeah, from what you were saying is it's a yearly thing. It's an all year thing is cars bring people together. The show season is great because you get to share your passion. And the winter season is great because you get to build your relationships and stay connected with your friends. And it's often the winter that is the toughest for people as people 100 percent, major uh major point there especially with bringing people together throughout it all comes down to positive mental health yeah. and activities to promote your positive mental health and bringing people together in the winter months when people are indoors lonely getting the days are shorter it's colder it's wet yeah. i've literally said if it's raining then it's still going ahead bring your dailies but if we can if if yeah if it's just completely extreme snowy conditions and <laughs> yeah. bmws are not coming out in those no so, um, the 86 is staying inside in the snow this is where petrol hedonism has really grown in the last two years and that it's created a community and the amount of people that have come to me whether it's through DMs or messages or emails or seeing me at shows and thanking me personally um, for putting on the event I'm yeah. doing it yes from a business point of view because ideally I want to step out of the hotel life and just do car shows and that's my way of doing hospitality make your passion your lifestyle and yeah um, but also it's about, I enjoy it. I've got a smile on my face. It's not work for me. Uh, so there's two messages there. If, I, if, you, if you've got a passion and you can follow that passion and you can work hard at it and make it your own and have your own style, you within 10 years can be at the top of your game in that field. Yeah. And that's what these 15, 16-year-olds that are listening to this could take from that is that you just need to follow your passion, follow your dream. And if you're doing that and you can earn from it, then that's amazing. And I'm doing that now at 45. Yeah, it's taken me a while to get there. I'm doing it at um, nearly 30. It yeah. was, it's one of those where, as you've said before, you, you're ne- not necessarily your destiny, but you're building your own future. And it's people say a lot of the time, oh, if, you, if they build it, they will come. It's more you are leading into the thing that you want to do and you will like naturally find opportunities because you're investing time and energy into it. And the more that you invest time and energy into the thing that you're passionate about, the more likely you can make it the thing that earns you a living and help and you can do that fully. Yeah. Because you Unfortunately are, I'm coming into it at forty five where I've got four daughters, uh house start going up to uni <laughs> and a house and cars. And so it's a lot more it needs to cover. So I need to do it on, in a big way. And there's a lot of pressure there. But uh, I'm fortunate I have worked hard for 25 years. So yeah. um, it, it takes time, guys. And you're not going to snap your fingers. And these get-rich-quick schemes don't happen. So no, I, it's about finding your passion and finding your graft and having that, having that energy to make it happen. And positive vibes do work because it brings the positive people around you. Yeah. The, uh, the second point of that is that mental health is a really big part of what we do as a community for the community and 
I kind of fallen into it that it's the petrol head community and so many more now. I've seen my um, demographic of subscribers or followers to petrol headism increase to from 9% female to about 12 and 13% and it's wow. increasing. Yeah. So you'd normally just say it's men are petrol heads. It's not, absolutely not. So many lady owners, drivers that come along with some spectacular cars to yeah. our events. So for me, it's about a community, male or female, you know, uh, that follow us or attend the events. It's about helping everybody and it's bringing people together and making new friends, but yeah. solidifying those old friendships as well. No, I, I really do agree. And I would consider you my friend and that's all through cars. That's the reason that we know each other is being at car events around each other. And the reason that a lot of people have a lot of their friends is through that same mechanic. If we've now got these connections that we've got purely from being around these events and I know people that have met their partners at car shows and relationships that have blossomed because they both have a shared passion and people that would not necessarily have met each other in any other way now know each other through cars um, and that really does speak volumes in what you're doing you bring the various different lifestyles within the car world into one central place and petrol hedonism live was a real case in point for that of all the variety of cars and cultures and people and styles and everything that all came together in that one area and mixed with each other and built these new friendships that they wouldn't have if it weren't for a their shared passion of cars and b your event bringing them all together you're literally as you're speaking you're inspiring a kind of uh, <laughs> sub brand i'm um, thinking petrol hedonism and it somehow encompassing how eclectic Mine is Carnection, so you can't have that one. What's it? Carnection. Okay, cool. You can have that. <laughs> Mine's something I've... to do with eclectic, because I've always loved the word eclectic, and I've loved to be able to bring, uh, I mentioned it before, classic Fiat 500 next to a Ferrari, or next to a Jeep, or next to a Cadillac. Yeah. And I just love the eclectic feel and mix, because if you get a line of Lamborghinis, you may just literally see two or three of the ten. Yeah. And there might be specific specifications of those two or three that pull out amongst the ten. But if you had a Lamborghini and a Ferrari, then you mix it all up. And that's what I love about my shows is really mixing it up. But we will have club areas like we had the Nobles yeah. last year. And we're going to have the GT40s this year and the Dodge Vipers again. And so many clubs are coming forward because they had such a good time last year. Um, but again, it's about bringing people together and promoting that positive mental health, positive energy and having a good time together. And yeah, yeah. if you can create amazing memories from that, then that's another goal ticked off for us. But mental health is very important to me, and I think we need to move into that area, because we've mentioned it a few times, because I have uh, been diagnosed with depression uh, back in 2016. I didn't realize at the time of being diagnosed that it had been a downward spiral of possibly five to six years of events and being trapped in something where I didn't realise I was trapped. Yeah. I was just doing what I did every day, busy working and going from that being that busy fool now and having lived through the therapy medication and understanding more about myself and how mental health affects me. I've come out the other end five years on, still not healed, never will be healed, but having that knowledge and understanding of myself and having grown personally to be able to deal with anxiety, panic attacks, and your mind playing tricks on you, bad thoughts, negativity, and how to kind of move away from that has helped me get to where I am today. Yeah. And it's a constant daily battle. It, yeah, yeah. it never is. 
So what are some of the, the techniques that you've learned personally that help you? Because I, I find that the more different people that I speak to, the more different ways of dealing with the difficulties come to light. So for me, for example, I bought an alarm clock. So when I go to bed, my phone is in a different room because I'm susceptible to scrolling through Instagram and then I lose an hour when I go to bed and then I lose half an hour when I get up in the morning. Whereas having an alarm clock and having my phone in another room, I have to talk to my other half or read a book or be in the mm, moment be present, yeah. and then go to sleep naturally. And then I wake up and I make it, the start of my day is phone free. So I'll get up and have a coffee and I'll read a magazine or do something that is, it's not necessarily productive, but it's not on my phone. So then it helps my mental state to have a really solid start and end to the day which is something that I really positively advocate to other people because that helps me personally. Mm -hmm. Are there any of these kind of tips or tricks or methods that you found for you help? Well, you mentioned like having the phone in another room and that's something, as you were saying, I was thinking, well, maybe I should do that, leave the phone downstairs, but then the phone is kind of my alarm clock. It's also if there's something happens in the middle of the night with uh, the hotel, the phone will ring and I need to be able to respond to that. So I can't... From that point of view, I'm restricted. I have to have my phone there. But um, yeah, I've I've been there effectively. Like last night, yeah. my wife did fall asleep way before me, and then I was just scrolling my phone. I was just reading to get tired. Basically, I yeah. wasn't ready to sleep, and um, I do use that as a distraction. But then sometimes it can be too much. Yeah. But like there again this morning, I ha- I knew I had no time to kill scrolling yeah, what, yeah. what's going to happen between midnight and 7am truly on Instagram so um, so I didn't have that time this morning so I didn't and you then notice hold on a minute I've just saved myself half an hour well, you know you do when there's time of boredom it is a nice release but in terms of the tips that there's everybody's very different and what works for one person may not work for another from my point of view it's not a practical thing to leave the phone in another room but for so many people it is such a good thing yeah, to be yeah. able to do that to leave it downstairs it sounds like what you need is a burner phone for the night time <laughs> so that when the hotel calls you it, it can only ring and do calls and then you don't have any distractions yeah. you just leave the other one well, I've got it on do not disturb <laughs> so that there's no buzzing or anything else from yeah. 10 o'clock and that's something I implemented last year off yeah. the back of a similar conversation with a friend so do not disturb works um Again, I'm extremely active on having conversations. There's no reason why I may not speak to Darren at Air Shroud at half ten at night, sort of thing. Um, but it's it's great because there's it's not only about being a petrol head. It's a, it's a f- support circle of friends that are in the industry now that um, we all have our struggles and we all have our uh, daily battles from a business point of view. But yeah. then from a mental health point of view, it's having that support network. One of the things that works for me is when you have one negative thought and then it's compounded by another one. You know, you could be having an amazing day. I've literally had this happen so many times. You have an amazing day, you get two or three things that happen that are like, hey, you're going to be on VinWiki and B, you're going to be on this and C, so-and-so is confirmed for the event. And you're just like flying high, literally your energy's going crazy. Yeah. And then bang, you get an email from the council of queried something and they're saying well it's not going to go ahead unless of this completely unrelated to the other three but it's just brought your energy right down and it's kind of like how do you deal with that and there's two things for me is if it gets too much sometimes is to stop 
because we always look forward. We're always looking at the next goal. We're always looking at what we're going to achieve. We're looking at the next event. We're looking at where we're going. Yeah. You've got to stop and look side by side. So if I stop and look side by side, I remind myself, I've got an amazing wife, four amazing kids, a lovely house. I've got a lovely small car collection, which yeah. relatively to myself is amazing, but I've got to work my butt off to keep it yeah. and service it and keep it on the road. Um, so it's like, and look at the friendships you've got rather than, Looking forward all the time and forgetting all of that, you've got to stop, look either side and see where you're at in Being life. present. And, yeah, yeah, and take it in and say, right, hold on a minute. What just happened isn't as bad as what I think it is because I've still got all this. Yeah. The second thing is to squash a negative thought with a positive one. So you get a negative thing happen, a negative, just smash it with a positive. Yeah. It's and like you're a L's and positive W's. Vibes, yeah, you? you get an L, smash it with a W, uh, smash a negative with a positive. And it's sometimes I'm literally physically doing it metaphysically in my mind smashing that negative with a positive yeah um, i guess it's recognizing that this negative thing is making you feel this way and you go right so what positive things have i got that i can help fight this negative yeah thing? and a lot of the um five-year journey to where i am now made me realize the physical aspects of mental health um i concentrated again in two ways i concentrated more on mental health my weight used to uh depress me used to get me down and i realized that I needed to concentrate on my mental health, so I literally let myself go. And I didn't do any gym or anything like that. Now I've come to five years where my mental health is in a really good place, but I realized physically I've put on way too much weight and it started to get me down again. But no, let it not get me down. Let's be positive about this. I've yeah. done what I needed to do to get my mental health in the right place. Now let's bring the physical fitness back into it. Let's get physically fit, which will promote my mental health. And I've got the full circle happening yeah, for yeah. me. So I'm consciously, I shouldn't have done that, but I'm consciously now working it together. So it's I know that where I'm going to be in six months will be even better than where I am today. Yeah. But then the the other part of it is that the physical side of mental health in terms of the pain it can physically cause you, I had no idea anxiety could rain that weight on your chest and cause you physical pain. I felt bruised on my chest from the pain of anxiety. I had no idea yeah. five years ago what anxiety was. I had no idea what this physical pain was. I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. And it took one of my friends in the automotive industry to post something up about how this pain affected him. And I was like, mate, I had no idea that That's what A, that was. you're suffering from it, but yeah. B, that it manifests itself in a physical pain. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, when it gets to the physical pain point of view, that anxiety must have been there a long time. It's built so, up to a long yeah. thing. So your body's like, listen to me. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I've been telling you. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I've referred to myself before as a busy fool, but um, sometimes... You're the busiest man I know, I think. And yeah, I'm, but I've changed said. it now. I'm, I'm not here today... I'm just checking recording, still recording. <laughs> recording podcasts and uh, YouTube videos for... Uh, financial gain as such it's more to help others but yeah. I'm being busy but I know there's a really good positive reason for doing it and it just proliferates the message of petrolheadism of Tacona yeah. of it's okay to talk and one of our hashtags La Familia which is being part of something bigger yeah yeah the family and I think you, you really embody everything that you're standing for as well it, it doesn't come from a place of and anyone that watches the video will will hear us talk about this. It doesn't come from a place of um, like business mindedness. It's not we're doing this to promote business and make money from it. It's coming from a place of passion and of wanting to help others and wanting to empathise with people that have 
not necessarily had the same experiences that you have or may not necessarily know what they're currently feeling but you have had these experiences and you can help them to understand look I've been through this this is what I recognized you might be going through something similar and not even know that that's what that is we're making you aware that these things happen and these are the things that can affect you just take stock because you could be like you said you were busy and you were working hard and you didn't realize that you were trapped in a situation that was bad for you and you didn't realize that you were struggling with anxiety and depression until someone highlighted that those things were there mm. and not necessarily they went sure this is what's going on with you they went this is what's going on with me and you went oh i can see that that's what yeah, i'm dealing with absolutely so for us there are people out there that could be in a similar position that you were that didn't know that and they might hear my podcast or they might see your video or they might read the slogan on the side of the cars or they might see something that just piques an interest to learn more and they might then discover oh actually I've been dealing with that and I didn't realize and then we've helped another person yeah and as you said at the show 10 people came up to you and said thank you yeah how many there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't have come to say thank you because I didn't have the um courage to do so because in admitting that they may have had an issue openly but they're at that stage where they feel that something's wrong so it's that first step as well yeah for me um we met at yakushi one of my first japanese events last year in collaboration with nigel at yakushi and it was your um it's okay to talk hashtag which resonated with me straight away and then we saw each other again at the british motor show and we've seen each other at other events and um, for me, it was so important to have you at Petrol Hedonism Live because if anything, we can help one person who sees that and realises it's okay to talk because literally go back five years ago and... You were the guy that needed to hear it. Yeah, and my, my wife held my hand through the whole process of, of getting help, but yeah. she also told me, look, your friend so-and-so has the same issue because she knew from speaking to his wife and his wife had said, look, if cheer, I need someone to talk to, tell him to call him. Yeah. And I did, and I'm, I was blown away by the fact that he was literally going through similar to me. Yeah, and, and I think it's important that we we have these conversations and we make them available to people, and we really emphasise the fact that it it doesn't need to be as big a barrier as it is. And I have this conversation with myself quite regularly, where I, I effectively go, you're the guy that's telling everyone else to talk, you need yeah. to talk more. Yeah. But then I have certain things that go, look, you just need to get it off your chest, you just need to say it, put your ego aside for five minutes and just, you know Verbalize that, it. Yeah, you exactly. know that talking about it is going to make it better. The reason you're not currently is because you have an ego connected to the problem mm. and you feel like you have to be able to fix everything yourself or you have to be able to overcome every challenge yourself or you're tougher than this or you're stronger than this. And it's realising that you can be all those things but talking about it is going to make all of that challenge much easier because the simple act of getting it off your chest takes half the battle out of the problem because you're not then struggling with it alone. And when you say you have these dark thoughts come in and they influence what you're doing, if someone else knows what you're dealing with, you know that your own thoughts aren't just the only thing that you're hearing about the problem. So then they really solidify the thoughts that you need to listen to and the ones that you don't because you go, I'm having this problem. And they go, this is what I think will fix it. And the part of you that goes, oh, that's what I thought would fix it, then becomes stronger. Mm. And the part of you that goes, no, don't listen, this is all wrong, becomes weaker because mm. it's reinforced by someone else. Yeah. So the, the simple act of just, you don't even have to go into the full depth of what's going on. You just go, look, I'm finding things tough. I could just do is letting you know that I'm finding things tough makes a big difference. So when you say that you, um, 
you had a friend that was going through something similar and you guys were able to talk about it, I imagine that helped really lift a weight off your shoulders that you've gone, oh, oh not knowing I've that got you're it alone. Yeah. yeah, being able to talk about it, but realizing you're not alone. And then through that friend, I mentioned it to another friend in person and he'd suffered. And it's just seemed there was a big group of us hit age 40 and things started changing. Or, you know, uh, I remember my oldest being born and literally as if something switched in me and I just literally became a more emotional person. Yeah. Um, and I do react to things emotionally rather than pragmatically sometimes. And it's having that understanding over the last five years as well about myself that sometimes the emotion go from zero to 100 and you're off the scale and you're like, hold on a minute, what just happened to yeah, you? Yeah. Step back, chill, let's deal with this pragmatically. Yeah. Um, whereas back in the day, I would just like go and pff, emotion, bang, and deal with that I, later. Was, I was a different person. Yeah. So, um, but Lewis, it's been amazing to speak to you on your podcast, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed this insight to you and me. Oh, it's and been a, a genuine and what we pleasure. stand for. And the the one thing I'd like to end on is, what was your holy shit moment of twenty twenty one? What was the moment when you went, "This is mad"? Like I've had moments where I was like, I've been a in the garage with all those supercars, and I'm like, these things don't happen often. Or I had Richard Rawlings with the Renault. I was like, this is a wild thing to have happened. Obviously, 2021 is, was a pretty big year for you, growth. And you did a lot of things. If you could pick one thing from that year that you were like, Jesus Christ, what a thing to have happened. What would that be? There, there that were, would be an inspiration. Yeah, there were, there were so many moments. There were so many moments. But again, everything built up towards Petrohedonism Live. And then I think it must have been, there's a photo of it. And there's Richard Rawlings with his back to the crowd. You look out across the stage and to the crowd, it's absolutely rammed full of people. It looks like my dream car show as I had dreamt it. And Richard Rawlings with his arms up looking ecstatic. And the car on the stage, I think it was my Lambo, which if it was in that picture is amazing because then it's Lambo got Richard as well. Uh, It could be that one. Mm -hmm. Yes, the orange mirror, which is my favourite Lamborghini. Yeah, I think that's the one. And so... There's Richard looking ecstatic with his back to the crowd, with his arms up in the air. And I think Lewis Stockwell took the photo, uh, one of our photographers, and the crowd. And I think that, for me... The pinnacle. That is 2021. Amazing. And what an inspirational moment from starting with Italian Car Sunday at the, the hotel. 2007. To growing piece by piece and adding bits in and growing this network and making these friends and building and this And it's something I've told you is about building relationships all the way. All the and, way through. Uh, I've tried to stay very neutral in the car world in terms of those relationships. I have one-on-one relationships with everybody where the people have issues between themselves. That's their issue between me and that person. It's a one-on-one relationship. Yeah, and it's inspiring, especially for me, as I'm at the start of this journey. So I've only just entered this world. And that's through sheer, I want to do something with cars, let's do something with cars. That's always been my my dream, is to work in the automotive industry. And now I can do something in the industry that I want to work in, in a way that helps other people. So I'm ticking all of my boxes. But for me personally, to be on this path and having someone like you who has trodden this road already, and to call you a friend and be able to uh, go, Cho, how do I do this? Or, Cho, what would your advice be in this scenario? To to get, it's inspiring for me. And if I can be an inspiration to the person that's 18 at this point and wants to do it and sees me as that first step, and then I can go, wait till you see this guy. <laughs> but it's really an inspiration 
and hopefully having this conversation and getting this out to people will also inspire others to see that you have gone on such an interesting journey and a lot of it is by your passion that's driven it and to connect that to the community is again another huge important part of it and to, to for you to turn around and go it's the people that make this the, the thing is again a commendable part to you because someone could turn around and go well he's got a, an Aventador out there that's obviously his motivator and you're like no 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 I like being around people but I happen to like Lamborghinis and having an Italian car and that was my dream and you're working towards a dream of building a network and a community and a one big family of petrol heads and being the centre of that and it helping work with, yeah, with and those I think my, my car collection however small it is or big it is is relative but Again, it's about being part of those communities and making people realise how important those communities are to me. My 1974 Mercedes 450 SLC is very much classic, but I'm making it a modified classic. And yeah. that's going to appeal to so many people in a different community to what the Lamborghini does. Yeah. Um, but then my Porsche, which is a daily road legal track car, again, with it being built the way it does, appeals to others as well. And yeah. for me, that car was literally make it so that if kids see that car on the road, five hours ago... Mom, Dad, look, it's a race car. Yeah, yeah. And I've got adults saying to me, true, what have you done to that car? Because you literally flew past me and it <laughs> hugged the road. And I don't know if it's four-wheel drive. I was like, no, it's rear-wheel drive. But yeah, we've done BC racing coilovers, EBC brakes. It's been completely rebuilt underneath a new engine uh, GT3 race spec. So yeah, it is a road legal track car. The fact um, that you drive that daily is commendable <laughs> as well because that is going to be one of the most uncomfortable cars in the world to drive daily. <laughs> but my... You know, I've got a 1983 Alfa Romeo that's been in restoration three, four years, and that's kind of like a bizarre one to have in a collection because I actually didn't like classic Alphas until recently. <laughs> I've got a 1974 Beetle, which takes it back to my roots. My first car was a 71 Beetle. That's been restored. Um, and I've got the shop truck, which is a 1996 uh, Chevy truck, which I absolutely love, but I haven't driven it for a couple of weeks. So tomorrow I'm going to make a point of driving that. Um, and we've got a few other cars like my classic Fiat's and my Lamborghini tractors and stuff like that that I just love my own collection is eclectic yeah yeah and that's what I want to do about and that's the what shows. you represent in the car yeah. is, so when is you turn up with your Renault 5 that was a wow moment for me <laughs> that's probably the wow moment the for wow 2021 moment there you go Lila making another <laughs> superstar debut um, but no it's it's been really great to chat and I, I really cool. do appreciate it and I appreciate everything that we've been able to do together and the things that we're going to do in the future and cool. for your uh, your real honesty and willingness to, to help us guys that are, are learning this world. Well, if anybody's still listening right now, I'm about to make Lewis an offer he can't refuse oh, off God. air. So thanks a lot, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Lovely stuff. Right, let me click pause on that before you say something on air that you don't want to say. Mm-hmm.